Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers Sunday Sermon Shorts. Been a few days. We're back in the saddle. We've got Pastor Rick Morrow. I'm going to try to play uh, this out without interruption. It's a little under two minutes worth of video. And since we're not actually doing video for this episode, two minutes worth of audio. Here we go. It's very crucial. Someone has a physical infirmity and you cast that demon out. Hang on. Okay. I said I was going to let this go. I couldn't even make it 10 seconds. All right. He said, um, you know, someone has a physical infirmity and you cast that demon out. I know this is out of context, but trust me, it's in context. I know what the video says. So he is equating physical infirmities to demons. He's not just crediting demons for the job of causing physical infirmities. He is saying that a physical infirmity is does in fact represent the manifestation of a demon within a person. And we know that's what he means because he says someone has a physical infirmity and you cast that demon out. This is a demon that has to be cast out. Now, that's, a, that's very different than, say, if I give you COVID by coughing on you. You know, if I have COVID and I give you COVID, I am not dwelling within you. I do not need to be cast out. Your COVID needs to be treated and healed, but I do not need to be cast out, right? And yet for this preacher, if you have a physical infirmity, you have a demon in you that needs to be cast out. Christians, do not blame me for striking at low-hanging fruit. If this does not represent real Christianity, Christians should be saying this. I shouldn't have to be talking about this. So will some Christian step forward and say, no, this is not real Christianity. And when you do, please tell me why. Pastor Merle, continue. You might have to pray for some things to be fixed. Let's talk about one. Let's talk about autism. Rick, did you just go there? Yeah. Like I know a minister who has seen lots of kids that are autistic that he cast that demon out and they were healed and then he had to pray and their brain was rewired and they were fixed. Okay. He says he, he knows lots of situations like this. They had autism. Uh, they were prayed for, healed. Their brains were rewired and fixed. And if he knows of these cases, and if these cases are in fact verifiable, why isn't he going to the media, to scientists, to doctors? I, anybody? Yeah, I just went there. I mean, you can get online and see lots of examples of it. If it's not demonic, then we have to say God made them that way. Okay, he's introducing one of the horns of a dilemma that Christians find themselves on. And he has obviously struggled with this in his Christian walk and ministry, and he has come up with this. You know, if God did it, then you've got a really hard explanation for why kids are born with autism. So... 
here's how he deals with that horn. Like that's the only other explanation. Why is my kid have autism? Well, either the devil's attacked them, he's brought this infirmity upon them, he's got them where he wants them, and or God just doesn't like them very much and he made them that way. Right. Do you agree do you agree with that? Are those the only choices available? They're not really the only choices even in the uh, Christian framework. I'll talk about uh, that in a minute, but let's see if he digs himself out of this hole or gets all the way to Australia. Well, my God doesn't make junk. Oh, no. <laughs> he just dug the express shovel to Australia. <laughs> God doesn't make mess-ups. God doesn't make people that way. Now, I just want to pause here to let you know that there was, in fact, a vicious reaction from the Christian community when he said this. A lot of parents of autistic children who were very offended by this, and they took what he said out of context. Now, they were still angry at what he said in context. But a lot of people took what he said out of context. He was not saying that the kids themselves are junk. But rather, autism is junk. That's, that's what he's saying. And it, and it needs to be prayed for and healed. Demons of autism need to be cast out. But the kids who have autism are very much loved by God. And precious human beings, they are not junk God did not make junk, but what he is saying is that also God did not make autism. We'll talk about more of the parental response to this, but I thought it would be only responsible for me to let you know that he has made some follow-up statements those, uh, to that effect. So let's quit being nice and putting a Band-Aid on stuff and giving it medicine. And this, this goes so much bigger than autism, people. I Okay, uh, stop giving it medicine. Stop putting Band-Aids on it. Now, I'm thinking he's speaking metaphorically here, but um, it, it could be easily taken that he is saying that rather than treating autism like a disease and whether, uh, w rather than treating other infirmities and illnesses like diseases, you know, bandaging them and giving them medicine, what you should be doing is recognizing that there are demons and casting those demons out. That might be what he's saying. I'm really not sure. I just gave you that as, as an example. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's the whole clip. <laughs> that's it. Let me talk about, uh, the other horn, the horns of this dilemma that Christians find themselves on. So birth defects are a big, bad, nasty, hairy bull with a couple of horns that uh, is charging at the Christian idea of a loving God who sustains everything moment by moment and is in control of everything. So on the one hand, uh, birth defects, it's not just autism, folks. He, he said at the end, he means, he means all illnesses, really. But let's just focus on birth defects. It's really, really hard to explain that away by sin. Because the people suffering from it are almost by definition incapable of sin. Now, uh, the way some uh, 
religionists deal with that is to say that everyone is born into sin. So whether or not you have actually sinned, you have a sin nature, and if that sin uh, is not dealt with, you're going to go to hell. So you're, you're, uh, if, if a woman miscarries, those miscarriages don't go to heaven. They go to hell because of our sin nature. They were born into sin. That's one uh, theology around this. I think most Christians don't hold that simply because it's awful. But I just I just wanted to put it out there as one of the ways that Christians deal with this. You know, another is that uh, you know we have an environment of sin that that Satan is so powerful that he doesn't merely cause you to sin, but sin itself has destroyed the natural order of things. It has destroyed things like DNA and genetics. Satan has the power to destroy DNA and genetics. And so God makes a perfect human, but Satan can give it autism or blindness or deafness or muteness or elephant elephantism or whatever Satan wants to do there. Now, that seems highly implausible because it seems like he'd just do that to everybody. But... um. Nonetheless, that's one of the ways to deal with it, and that's the way Pastor Rick Morrow is dealing with it. So it's a horn, and what you have to say is that these birth defects are not from God. God made perfect humans. God made perfect DNA. God made perfect genetics. And it's Satan who messed it up. It's not even so much us and our sin. It's Satan for Pastor Morrow and his demons that messed it up. But it seems to me, Pastor Morrow, that if God made perfect humans, perfect DNA, perfect genetics, and he knew that there was someone out there who could ruin it, so he made these genetics without any security safeguards at all, no security, so that Satan could easily tamper with it and mess it up, that's still a design flaw. That's still on God you have not actually gotten God off the hook. You've just made him weaker and stupider, and you just created another cosmic bully who's even stronger than God in this way. So you're not solving any problems by choosing this particular horn. But I mentioned that I would come back to parents' reactions because there's another horn. There's another way that Christians can take this. And this is the way many parents, uh, many Christian parents of autistic children take it. And you don't have to be Christian to take it this way, but this is how a lot of Christian parents take it. I've known a few, and this is how they've all taken it. God did create autism. You see, that's the other thing that Christian, Christians can say. God did create birth defects for his own good reasons. No child is born in a way that God doesn't want him to be born. Alcohol, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome? That's God. God gave uh, that child that. God could have protected that child from that. You can't say that, you know, it's the mother's behavior that caused it. Because God can protect that child from anything. God wanted that child to have fetal alcohol, uh, alcohol syndrome. God wanted this child to be autistic. This child is my perfect child. 
God made this child just for me, just the way he wanted. He wanted to teach me a lesson. He wanted to have uh, this child to have a particular life. He wanted these things to work out exactly the way they did for his glory. Praise be to God for my child's autism. They do not see autism as a problem that needs to be fixed. Or birth defects of any kind as a problem that needs to be fixed. They are delusional due to their own religion. They have become delusional. They have to have this delusional perspective. But that's the other horn of the dilemma, you see. On the one horn, God didn't do it. And so you have to create someone else who did. And on the other horn, God did do it. And birth defects are beautiful. They're not birth defects at all. You just become a birth defect denier. As someone who's born with a birth defect, I can tell you, it's shitty. Birth defects are a problem. <laughs> they're a problem. And I'm not a Christian, so uh, I can say they're a problem. So what do skeptics do? What do skeptics do to deal with this? Well, first of all, I don't speak for skeptics. I happen to be one. I don't speak for them. We have no prophets. We are all different, and many skeptics are just as loony as Christians. <laughs> and so um, one of these days I will do a show about skeptics. Skeptic lunatism, <laughs> skeptic lunatism, skeptical lunatics. <laughs> it's not a great morning for me. <laughs> I'm fighting off the effects of uh, uh, Dale anesthesia. I'll be fine. So uh, what do we do? Well, we're free to just call it what it is. Birth defects are a problem. And they need to be fixed. They're not demons that need to be cast out. They're not spirits, they're not jinns, they're not, you know, manifestations of some other realm. It's just a thing that human DNA does, because human DNA is kind of shitting. How fearfully and wonderfully made my ass. It's just a thing that happens with DNA. It's a thing that happens with genetics. And so we have no one to be angry with. I mean... You can rage uh, and shake your fist at some non-existent God. That doesn't help. It's generally not what we do. And so there are a couple of uh, ways to tackle it. But the first way is to, yes, first of all, recognize it's a problem. Birth defects are a problem. And I think that most skeptics would like to end birth defects. We would like to see the end of them. We'd like no child to be born with defects. There are many awful ways that you can go about bringing that about. I fully acknowledge that. But there are good ways as well. I think that mostly uh, we would go with that. When we have a child that's born with a defect that medical science can fix, what good parents do, who have good insurance, is they fix them. They get them fixed. They don't sit around saying, oh, my child is beautiful and perfect just as they are because they were born with one eye. No, if you can fix that, <laughs> you fix it. You fix it. There's no one to blame. There's no one to be angry at. You still love your child. You do everything you can to give your child, in whatever condition they are born, the best possible life that you can for as long as you can. But it is a problem 
that needs to be fixed. It's not a demon that needs to be exorcised. And it's not a beautiful thing that God created to be that way. But Christians, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, comment skeptics and seekers dot squarespace.com log into your discuss account discuss away or send me an email skeptics and seekers at gmail.com and let me know is this real christianity i'm not strawmanning here I just played you the clip is this real christianity is this true christianity is this uh, does this conform with what you understand jesus was teaching if so okay i've got questions if not then stand up and be counted right here on the Skeptics and Seekers board. Be counted, stand up and say, yeah, this is false Christianity. I will have a few questions for you, but I would at least like to hear that. I would like to know that. And if you think that this does represent uh, true Christianity, then uh, maybe you can comment on my take of the horns of the dilemma. And let me know if there are some other horns that I missed. In the meantime, uh, this one's almost gone for 20 minutes. That should make up for a couple of days of shorts that I've missed. I do miss talking to you when I don't get a chance to do it. Until next time, I'm out.